A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Your family. Goodman's Jewelers. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it looks like some folks are going to have an interesting weekend when it comes to the weather. How are you? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Youngke. Glad to help you. Welcome you into a Friday. Yeah, if you are headed towards southern Wisconsin, right along the Illinois border or over toward the Milwaukee area, watch out. They have got a winter storm watch that's basically in effect from Saturday night through Sunday afternoon. They're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of five to eight inches of snow possible in some of those areas. We'll talk weather with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in about 15 minutes or so. The good news is today, well, that looks pretty manageable. Uh, We'll see some clouds. Daytime highs today expected to be around 26 degrees. Tomorrow, 32 are expected high, but like I said, that snow front starts moving in, could have all kinds of implications, especially on southern Wisconsin. Front part of next week looks like it's going to be back to just partly cloudy skies with temperatures in the upper 20s. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Bay on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Anybody involved in any decision-making process in any industry is always challenged by regulations. And in agriculture, of course, we have lots of regulations to deal with. Bob Osold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And for folks in the livestock industry, one of the terms that we've had to deal with as far as regulations and terminology the last few years has been CAFO. Pam, what's the update? Well, the latest is that we've got another round of training that's coming up for farms that are already in that permitting category, as well as those that might move into that category. And it comes up already next week. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn here in Madison. And I talked about this with Kevin Erb. He is the director of the Conservation Professional Training Program, basically doing a lot of different seminars and forums to try to help Wisconsin agriculture. And of course, CAFOs are those concentrated uh, animal feeding operations that are basically 500 units and larger. And uh, this time around, because of the pandemic, uh, Kevin is taking a little different tact when it comes to trying to bring people this information. It is, as you would expect, going to be all online. But starting next week, Tuesday, it's four days worth of information broken down into different categories. Had a chance to talk with Kevin a little bit about any changes that farms need to be aware of at the outset and why they may want to tap into not just one, but all four days worth of conversation. I think the big thing that's different, of course, this year because of the pandemic situation, we're doing this remote. So I used to joke that guys don't have to hop into the shower to come to the meeting this year because they don't have to have the camera on. Uh, They can just sit by their phone or in front of their computer. have a few guys that actually plug the uh, laptop into the TV so they can see things more easily on a big screen. But I think that's one of the big differences is that February 2nd to 5th series 
is going to be 9.30 until about 11.30 each of those mornings. And um, you can don't have to leave the chores early to get to Green Bay or Rice Lake or to one of the nine sessions we typically do, but you can, in a sense, come as you are. And I think the other big thing is that we've kind of split things up. So the first day, I've got some guys and ladies picking and choosing which days they go to, but the first day is really for those farms that want to learn more. Maybe they're thinking about expanding to permit size. Uh, they're thinking, you know, in the next year or two, I'm going to be thinking about that expansion, getting there, or maybe they're already there or think they may be. It's really an opportunity for them to get some of their questions answered and to hear from some farmers that have gone through the process recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has much changed about the process, Kevin, or is it just a matter of trying to make sure we're more efficient this year than last? Well, it's been probably four or five years, Tam, since we did one of these workshops specifically targeted just to folks that are thinking about that permit for the first time. So February 2nd is the date for those folks, and then the other dates are really for those folks that already have their permits in place. But the CAFO permit process has not changed that much, but the key thing is there's a lot of things that you as the farmer can do before you apply for that permit, things to I's to dot, T's to cross, that really are going to make the process easier and maybe shave several months off the process or save tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars by taking care of things before you get to that point. Well, and what I really like about that first day is you've got farmers that have lived it that can share their practical experiences. That There's nothing that can replicate those kinds of conversations. Right. I always like to say when I'm doing the workshop on a farm, you know, if a tornado came through today, God forbid, wiped out all the buildings, even took out the concrete, and yet a bare ground site, what would you do differently? And typically about every farmer will rattle off three or four things. Well, I wish this silo or this bunker had been over here. I wish I would have done this differently. And before you invest the money, learning, like you said, Pam, from the experience of farmers that have been through this before is a real benefit. And so I encourage folks, if you're thinking about expanding, you're already at or near that permit size but don't have a permit, this is going to be a session that's going to be well worth your while. Now, we talked about how this year there's four different days of conversations happening between 9.30 and 11.30. Am I supposed to sign up for all of them, Kevin? Can I pick and choose? How do you want to approach uh, the registration side? So we've got an online registration, and basically you fill out a form and you say, I want Tuesday and Thursday, or I want Monday and Tuesday, or you want all the days, and it's $10 for one session, or $20 if you want two or more. And so we're trying to make it as easy for people as possible. All right, let's move on to day number two, and that really is another one that should be catching people's attention. On February 3rd, you're focused in on nutrient management, and that obviously is a, a major staple of all of our CAFOs across the state and how they're being managed. A couple topics that catch my attention, how we're managing manure on tiled fields, and then you're going to get involved in uh, sharing some knowledge that we've gained because of some accidents that did occur. Yep, and so that first topic, that managing manure and tile fields, really we're talking about looking at the fields, obviously, before you spread, trying to make sure you know where those tile holt blowouts are, the tile inlets, uh, but also knowing about the risk. And we know that when the manure solids content is less than 2.5%, that's when our risk is the highest. And so not only are DNR staff going to be talking about, hey, here's the typical – 
things that are really going to prevent problems, but Discovery Farms is coming in and talking about some of their research and their experience as well in terms of keeping manure out of our drain tile. An important uh, study that you have helped to spearhead along with Rachel Osterhaus from UW-Platteville. We have, unfortunately, unfortunately, had manure spills occur in Wisconsin and across the upper Midwest. You guys have winnowed in on some of the facts behind those spills, and we'll be sharing that on February 3rd, too. Yep, and Rachel is actually the third student that I've had working on a project like this every five years. We sit down, we go through all of the records we can get of manure spills, what happened, why, and then we really look at what changes manure haulers and farmers can make to prevent problems in the future. And so we looked at more than 500 different spills that occurred between 2015 and 2019. Obviously, we had challenges this year um, getting into uh, offices to look at paper records, so the data is not as complete as I'd like it to be. But we did see some fairly interesting trends, and typically in the past, uh, maybe 32 34% of our manure spills in the state are related to transportation. But when we look at the last five years, that percentage is actually now up to around 45 46%. And so land application issues have remained the same. Problems at the farmstead have gone down. And so what it means is we really need to be more careful safe driving, so we're not tipping over equipment, trucks, manure tankers, taking corners too short, getting into the um, soft shoulder a little bit, uh, but also making sure that our field conditions are right for application. And you'll be sharing that information with our professional nutrient applicators. I mean, that's that's a conversation they kind of have to have with their employees, I'm guessing. Well, it's not only a conversation the professional applicators need to have, Pam, but it's also a conversation that the farmers that are listening to us today need to be thinking about as well because we produce somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 13 billion gallons of dairy manure in the state. Now, that's enough to cover a professional football field, including the end zones, about five miles deep. The manure applicators handle about two-thirds of that, but farmers are handling about the remaining third. And one of the trends we're seeing is more farmers buying dragline equipment and doing some of their own application but still partnering with those four higher applicators. You know, you mentioned how farmers are investing in those drag lines. I always, I would have thought when it comes to manure spills that it might be equipment failure. You know, uh, something breaks along the line or something like that. Did you notice anything regarding those trends too? So obviously equipment failure is part of it. And when we look at some of those situations, sometimes it's maintenance. Sometimes its clamps aren't tightened as much as they should be, or we run a drag line through a culvert, and as that system is used, it vibrates, rubs against a rock or a sharp metal edge on that culvert, creates a weak spot in the uh, drag line itself. And so we do see operator error. We do see mechanical failure. But whether I'm running a drag line, I should be running that with an ATV every half hour or so, looking for small leaks or problems if I am... Uh, with a tractor and tanker semi, get out, make sure the turn signals are working, make sure that manure is not dripping out the valve at the back of the tanker. And again, that uh, specific nutrient management conversation happening on Wednesday, February 3rd. Let's go on to February 4th, where you are going to focus in more on, uh, I guess we'd have to say, 
Production area management. Now, that's that's that phrase might be misleading because really what you're trying to help people understand, Kevin, is that in the state of Wisconsin, we get something called rainwater, and that can cause some real problems for these larger animal operations. Explain. Well, it, it's primarily a concern with the larger, but of course we need to be thinking about it with our smaller operations too, and that is that any time we have rainwater that lands on that feed bunker on those calf hutches or those areas where animals are, we've got the potential for contaminated runoff. And if I've got a large farm, I might have two or three or four acres of calf hutches and bunker silos. An inch of rain on an acre is 27,000 gallons. And I'm spending two cents a gallon sometimes to land apply manure. And so every gallon that I can keep clean and divert into a field instead of having it in the manure storage saves me money. And so we're really going to be talking about primarily focusing on what can we do that's cheap, low cost, but also some investment to really decrease manure volume by managing that snow melt, that rainwater on the farmstead site itself. And so one of our speakers in the private sector has been putting pencil to paper, working with some farms and penciling out the payback of, and this completely sounds insane, but putting a roof over the calf hutch areas. And I think people that are listening in will be surprised how quickly that type of a structure will pay for itself uh, in terms of manure hauling savings. Ah, the simple solutions that we can discover on our own. Kevin Erb, who is going to be the UW Extension Specialist that's helping to coordinate and implement the annual CAFO Update Series, beginning on Tuesday, February 2nd, and concluding on Friday, February 5th. Now, if you haven't registered as of yet, the fees are just $10 for one session, $20 for the entire series, and you need to take care of that just as soon as you can. Contact your university extension office and get those registration details taken care of. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There's big discounts during the Kubota sales event February 1st through the 6th at Johnson Tractor in Janesville, Judah, and Harvard. How big? How about up to $5,200 off the Kubota SVL 65 or up to $2,000 off L-Series tractors? The Kubota BX23S has savings of up to $1,600 as well. See Johnson Tractor's Facebook page for details on all the great deals. Johnson Tractor's Kubota sales event is happening February 1st through the 6th in Janesville, Judah, and Harvard. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. If shopping at your neighborhood grocery store feels a little too elbow-to-elbow, relax. There's UW Provisions Middleton and local source foods in Sun Prairie. Chicken wings and brats for the game, roasts, soups, and desserts for the family. As long as you keep cooking, there's plenty of room to shop at UW Provisions Middleton and local source foods in Sun Prairie. Check out this week's specials. Boneless chicken breasts, Italian beef tubes, fresh beef tenderloin, alcum butter, and cookie dough. Your water heater works year-round to give you warm showers, clean dishes, and other comforts. Is it time for a replacement or an upgrade? Contact Dave Jones, Inc., your trusted service partners. Voted 2020 Best in Madison and Best in Monona. Give them a call for any plumbing, heating and cooling, fire protection, and electrical for your home or business. Call or text Dave Jones for service or a quote today. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. 
at Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, some interesting weather developments that are coming our way, at least for some folks, uh, perhaps before we talk again on Monday. Time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update with Stu Muck. Sounds like it's going to get interesting come Saturday night into Sunday, huh? Well, it's going to, there's going to be snow, Pam. It's kind of what you'd expect in January. There's going to be some snow. It'll be heaviest in southern and southeast Wisconsin. In fact, there's a winter storm watch in effect for all of the counties right in the southern edge of Wisconsin and the Illinois border, and that pushes up into the southeast part of the state, including Waukesha, Milwaukee, Washington, and Ozaukee. In that area, snow will be a bit heavier, a small possibility of a little freezing mix of precipitation in there. Low pressure is going to move east. It'll move from about Kansas toward Missouri, southern Illinois by early Sunday, and that helps to wrap that moisture up and make the snow most likely not developing until through the day Saturday. The heaviest will be Saturday night. Sunday starts to taper off and end. Mild air sticks around into next week, though, so we don't have that wintry blast to follow it. I'll have our forecast right after this. Boost agriculture production in 2021 by optimizing operations with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the resources to identify energy efficiency upgrades and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All right, buddy, let's have the details on that forecast. All right, that Compure Financial Ag weather update is calling for more clouds today. There'll still be some breaks of sun, but the clouds always around mid-20s with the southeast winds at 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy, back only to about 20 overnight. Southeast winds 5 to 15. Mostly cloudy, getting breezy Saturday. Snow most likely developing for the afternoon. In western Wisconsin, a small chance of a little freezing drizzle for a time midday. Otherwise, some lighter snow starting Low 30s, southeast winds a bit stronger Saturday, 10 to 20, gusting to 30. Snow Saturday night lasts into Sunday morning, still cloudy Sunday, more likely about 30 with the northeast wind at 5 to 15. Pam, I think Madison, Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, 3 to 5. Everybody else probably in about that uh, 2 to 4 inch range. So snow cleanup later Sunday, I'm sure, is something we'll have to do. But it's, again, uh, not so much our Mauston lacrosse friends as it is towards the southeast, huh? Right. Southeast is more likely in the west. There'll be some, but it's not going to be a big deal. You think crazy lake effect for Milwaukee? 
a little bit on the lake. Yeah, you look up along that uh, those counties, Milwaukee County and North, they're expecting as winds turn, will they start southeast and then turn northeast? Mm-hmm. There'll be a little extra there. They could have six or better. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see where we land come Monday. Have a good weekend, buddy. You betcha. Have a good one. All righty. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner, committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com and find out more. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Mmm, need to get some rest. This the worst headache ever. Mmm, right arm's all tingly all of a sudden. Must have slept on it last night. I keep losing my balance. These old bones need some exercise. Granddaddy, what you just said doesn't even make sense. It sounds like gibberish. Signs like these could be more than what they seem. They could be a sign of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? 
M-Sculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M-Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M-Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. This looks like a car. It has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Rob, I was accused yesterday of stoking the flames of the drama with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You know, he had the comments after the game. Then he had the comments on the Pac McAfee show saying that he wants to be back. Then he throws the butt in there. But there's no absolutes. But I need time away. But this and but that. I was accused of stoking the flames of drama, Rob. Can you believe that? Evo, the only one who stoked any drama was the quarterback himself because it wouldn't have been a topic on your airwaves. It wouldn't have been a topic on NFL.com of all places. It wouldn't have been a topic across the state and the national media for the last 72 or 96 hours if the quarterback himself didn't get in front of a Zoom camera unsolicited, let me remind you, Evo, on Sunday afternoon after that loss and bring up the fact that nobody's futures are certain, including his own. Rob, Rob, couldn't he say? Evo, it's a classic Aaron Rodgers play of diverting attention, number one, from the fact he had another very mediocre to poor NFC championship game, and number two, it's a guy who loves attention and now everybody's going to be talking about him here between now and the Super Bowl instead of talking about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Well, Tom, or, uh, I don't do Tom. I'm confusing with the Brady, Rob. You're a very <laughs> handsome man. But, Robbie. I'm, 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 no Tom, I'm no Tom Brady, Evil. I'm thinking here, Rob. I'm thinking here, Robbie. I'm like, okay. I love that he gives us topics to talk about. I love that we can, you know, you know, opine away on this because it's like Green Bay has been a soap opera like this for, God, years now. This, instead of saying the but, right, but this, but that, but yep. no absolutes, you could come out and say, I 110% want to be with the Green Bay Packers, no ifs, ands, or buts. The ball is now in Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and Matt LaFleur's court. You could, you could all just, he could go out there and say it specifically. I want to be back 110% with the Packers, and then it would squash all of it, right? But, but number one, Evo, again, I, I don't think that's true, first of all. I, I think he was stung deeply by the pick of Jordan Love. And, who, and, 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 and hey, 
No, I mean, I'm saying if he wanted to be with the Packers, right? He could say it. I 100% want to be here. Yep, and number two, Evo, I think what's behind this a little bit is is, it's a ploy. It's a contract negotiation ploy. Um, He's going to come back next year, Evo, as a lame duck quarterback. We've all broken down the financials and done it on your show many times. I won't bore the listeners with the exact numbers. But the Packers take a huge salary cap hit if they cut him today. If they cut him a year from now, before the 2022 season, the cap, the cap hit isn't nearly as dramatic. In fact, Green Bay is going to save over $20 million. And that, in all likelihood, is what's going to happen. Jordan loves hits for two years. And then he's right, you know, then, then the transition process occurs, and, and they move on to Jordan Love in 2022. So Rodgers, in essence, is coming back as a lame duck quarterback in 2021. He knows this. And I wonder if part of that, and again, only Aaron Rodgers knows what he's thinking here. Only, you know, only Aaron Rodgers is inside Aaron Rodgers' head. But, but I think it's pretty logical to assume what he wants to, to have done here is the Packers make a greater or a longer-term commitment to him than just the 2021 season. I think he wants additional security and have that contract redone where the Packers could, in essence, turn some of that money into a, into a signing bonus spread out over the over the course of however they renegotiate the contract, Evo, and it saves them a little bit of cap room, actually, in 2021. If the Packers wanted to take that route, Evo, I think it, there, there's the potential to make that a win-win scenario. I'll be honest, though, at the end of the day, I, I think Green Bay's ready to move on as well. Really? And uh, they want to see, you know, I think Brian Gutekunst wants to see here within the next 18 months what he has there and the quarterback he traded up for and took in the first round. I think he sees the future of the Green Bay Packers in Jordan Love. I, I think he sees Love as his guy for the next decade. Wow. And whether he's right or wrong, none of us know Evo until until Jordan Love takes the field. You know, even after the 08 season, Rodgers first as a starter, Evo. You remember in 07, Green Bay was 13-3, and went to the NFC title game. They turned it over to Aaron Rodgers in 08, and they went 6-10. I mean, yeah. they went... They, they went seven games in reverse, and so it, it, you know even even if they do turn it over to Love, it's not going to happen overnight. But long term, I think the Packers believe that's their best play. So I would be surprised if they redid Rogers' contract. Wow, Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Follow him on Twitter as well at Rob Reichel. Rob, um, like I, I'm looking at all this unfold, and I'm thinking to myself, like. You know, it could easily squash this, and you're totally right. I think it comes to contract negotiations. What is he uh, tied for fifth right now? Jared Goff. You got obviously Mahomes above him, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Getting ready to bid farewell to January. By the time we talk again on Monday, we'll already be into February. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Now, like we mentioned before, going to have to keep an eye on some of these developing weather patterns. Uh, it's really only going to impact southern Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin. But, boy, if you had plans to head uh, towards the Illinois border or you were going towards Milwaukee for some event, you're going to watch out. Saturday through Sunday, they could pick up to eight inches of snow. So today is the 29th day of January. What can I tell you about uh, milestones on this date in history? little on the thin side, to be quite honest with you. Today, back in 1851, Ripon College was incorporated, originally chartered as Brockway College. It was incorporated and turned into Ripon College as of this day back in 1851. On this day in 1996, French 
France officially stopped any nuclear testing at all. President Jacques Chirac announced the definite end to France's nuclear testing program just one day after the country exploded a nuclear device in the South Pacific. And happy birthday to actor Tom Selleck, 76 years old today, and Oprah Winfrey still catching all kinds of attention. She is 67, and now you know Well, we've been working this week to help you know what's going on with the grocery stores that you and I depend on. Now, granted, in light of the pandemic, we've changed the way that we interact with our grocery stores. Maybe more of you are ordering online, curbside pickup. If you're in the grocery store, you're probably wearing masks and keeping your distance when it comes to other shoppers. Are those habits going to stay in place? And what do we have to look forward to after the pandemic? Josh Scramlin joins us this morning with his final series, talking with supermarket guru Phil Lempert, this time around, about where we go from here regarding the pandemic and protecting our farmers, our food service workers, and those grocery store employees as well. Josh? Phil Lempert is the supermarket guru. He is a food marketing expert. He's also a consumerologist, and you've seen him on places such as 2020 and the Today Show. And basically, Phil has dedicated his entire life to figuring out why supermarkets do the things they do and why people buy the things that they do. So, Phil, we'll get to that in a second, but I kind of want to pivot and get your take on something. Here at the Farm Report, we've been trying to figure out when exactly our farm workers, our grocery store employees, those in the food supply chain are going to get the vaccine. So I'd be curious to hear uh, from your point of view, what do you make of the fact that they have yet to get the vaccine? Well, um, I think it's a shame that our farm workers, our meatpacking facilities, our grocery workers um, have not gotten the vaccine. Um, just uh, just today, uh, there was an announcement and by Aldi that says that what they're now going to do to incentivize their workers to get the vaccine is give them four hours paid off so that they can go to a center, they can get the vaccine, they can go to the doctor, whatever. Um, and, and we're starting to see other retailers do that same thing. Okay, well, I appreciate the insight. I know nothing's really concrete, but it's just been really difficult to get an answer on when people in the food supply chain will get it. Uh, Okay, and then just one more thing before I let you go. As we wait our way into 2021, what are the big things that you are looking out for at supermarkets this year? Sure. Um, You know, number one for me is pre-pandemic, we started to see a lot of innovation um, on, on the store shelves from smaller food companies. Uh, the problem with the with the pandemic was that a lot of the co-packing agreements that they had, um, these co-packers also are making supermarket private label. So we started to see a lot of these more innovative brands not being able to get products on shelves. Um, at the same time, we started to see some of the big companies cut down their product line for efficiency. For example, Progresso Soup went from 80-some-odd cans of of varieties of soup down to 40. Same thing with Campbell's Soup. In the frozen food world, uh, Amy's uh, Frozen Foods, which is a fabulous brand. Um, I was talking to Rachel Berliner, you know, one of the founders and owners, um, and she said their facility is down to 30 or 40% capacity, again, because of the way they were built. So what 
what they've had to do is eliminate some of their items, uh, some of their slow sellers. So what I'm really looking for for 2021 as the pandemic subsides is getting back to having more innovative products, um, getting back to having these companies really create um, a, a new product line that, that certainly is healthier for people, certainly tastier, uh, more value as we as we get into this recession. So that's what I'm keeping my eyes out for. Well, we're certainly going to keep our eyes on that as well. That is Phil Lempert. He is the supermarket guru. He's based out of Los Angeles, California, but all week long, he's made time to hang out with us and give us the insights of everything that he's seeing going on in the supermarket industry as well as the food supply chain. If you would like to hear Lempert and I's entire conversation uninterrupted, you can do so by going to MidwestFarmReport.com or check it out on your preferred podcast player. As always, for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at midwestfarmreport.com. Good luck to our friends with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. They are going to undertake their 90th annual business meeting over the weekend. But again, it's all virtual. And to make sure that uh, their business is properly taken care of, Wisconsin Farmers Union members that are registered and part of the delicate body are the only ones that are going to be involved in the business session. So good luck to uh, undertaking all of that discussion Saturday and Sunday, the Wisconsin Farmers Union 90th annual business session. Well, markets in business overnight are actually holding fairly firm as far as grain trade's concerned, kind of quiet on the dairy side of things. This morning, March corn is up seven cents at five forty one. December new crop up a penny at four forty. We've got March soybeans currently a dime stronger at thirteen sixty three. November new crop beans up seven at eleven thirty eight. The March wheat's up almost two at six forty eight. July new crop though down a penny and a half right now at six thirty a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago yesterday dropped a penny to a dollar thirty nine. Forty pound block cheese was down a penny and three quarters at one fifty seven and a half. While double A butter dropped another penny and a quarter on Thursday to one twenty six and three quarters per pound. February milk's unchanged this morning at fifteen fifty two a hundred weight. March milk down two currently at sixteen seventy. April milk closed four cents higher yesterday at sixteen eighty a hundred weight. I want to give a big shout out to some of our Wisconsin dairy operations that have been recognized for their top quality milk production by the National Mastitis Council. They presented five of our Wisconsin dairy operations with their platinum National Dairy Quality Award. They included Blue Star Dairy out of Middleton, Christoph Dairy in Shyocton, Country Air Farms in Kaukauna, Riverside Dairy in Reedsville, and the University of Wisconsin Marshfield Ag Research Station in Stratford. There were also five of our Wisconsin dairies that picked up gold rankings, and that included Wisconsin's Cloverview Dairy in Manitowoc, Endress Berry Ridge Farms in Wanakee, GNN Endress Farms in Wanakee, Rusk Rose Holsteins in Ladysmith, and Tyson Family Farm in Campbellsport. And then we also had some silver awards presented to five of our dairies 
Dorner Farms in Luxembourg, Gold Star Dairy in New Holstein, Kleinhans Dairy in Kiel, Mipanitro Dairy in Plum City, and Sigmund Farms in Kiwani picking up the silver. Hold on just a second. Our friends at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board stop by our studio in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We've built our bank around no-nonsense solutions and removed the barriers between you and your money. We've made every ATM your ATM with unlimited refunds on surcharge fees. With our mobile app, deposit your checks and pay your bills. Simplify savings with smart automation. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions, lenders you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compere.com. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, it's time again to check in on what's happening with your checkoff dollars and our Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Glad you're along with us. And, of course, it's always good to take a look at where your checkoff dollars are being invested. Here in the state of Wisconsin, it could be research, it could be education, it could be promotion. And that's what we're finding out about today. As always, if you're looking for more information about soybeans, badgerbean.com is a great place to start. If you're looking for some of the technical sides of things, then I always advise you to look at Dr. Sean Conley's site. That's coolbean.info. And joining us today is the current president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. That's Pat Mullally. Now, Pat, tell me a little bit about your background as far as being involved in the soybean growers. When did you get started? And tell us a little bit about your farming background. Yeah, so I started with the board about 12 years ago. um, And we uh, farm here in Rock County and Walworth County and farm soybeans, uh, specialty and regular beans, corn and wheat. Got a few beef cows around. Did you come from an agriculture background, Pat? Yep. Yeah, I grew up on a farm. Um, both grandparents were dairy farmers at that time. Uh, Dad kind of went into the cash grain um, yeah, for a long time, both uh, in Rock County. Both my mom and dad's family were farmers in Rock County. 
So in your time with the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, what have you learned? Tell me a little something about what it's like to be a part of that board, because so many of our Wisconsin soybean growers are either not engaged in the process at all or may only uh, simply be involved by virtue of a membership. What have you learned about being involved with the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board? So yeah, there's um, their checkoff dollars. There's a lot of moving parts, but uh, we're investing, you know, a lot of research back in the University of Wisconsin. Those checkoff dollars go back to Sean Conley's program, which is, um, you know, top notch in the soybean industry. Um, and then we, we're also investing, um, you know, in North Central Research. Uh, program that's uh, Midwest-wide, and we leverage a lot of dollars to come back to Sean's program through that as well. Uh, and then, you know, we're all also looking for uh, new uses and new markets. Um, you know, there's the USEC uh, program out there that uh, we, we help fund some of those projects to get uh, soybeans into foreign markets and always wanting to find a home for all those soybeans that we grow. You know, the thing that I always am jealous about with you guys on the Soybean Marketing Board, you get the first line of information on new product development, new markets that are interested in Wisconsin soybeans. And, you know, that right there has got to get you kind of jazzed as a soybean grower yourself. Yeah, like I say, between the research and the new markets, it's always exciting. I know Bob Carls, our director, is working now on, you know, biodiesel has been a, a struggle in the state of Wisconsin, and Bob's working on a project to, to get something cooking in the state of Wisconsin there to, to find a use for some of our beans as well. What do you see happening in 2021? I think your biodiesel comment is an excellent example of how the board is always looking forward on how they can invest checkoff dollars to get that return on investment for our Wisconsin soybeans. You know, right now, so many of our soybeans leave the state for that value-added proposition. What is the board discussing for their 2021 goals, Pat? Yeah, so coming off of the the struggle we had in our soybean prices with the tariffs and things, um, and now, you know, currently the prices are up, but it was a goal of ours um, set or priority that we we spend some or invest checkoff dollars into some new markets and new uses. So the biodiesel is one we're working on, uh, working with, you know, maybe finding some more markets overseas for IP soybeans coming out of Wisconsin. So um, our, our board members are working um, on, a, on a few different angles there to uh, make sure we have a use or a home for all these soybeans that our growers are good at growing. You know, the other thing that people have to realize is you also have uh, requests from time to time from researchers, both in Wisconsin and outside of Wisconsin, that are specifically focused on some infield return on investment when it comes to research and education. Anything interesting that uh, Dr. Conley, Dr. Smith, Dr. Worley, anybody is uh, proposing to the board to take to the field in 2021? Um, you know, we haven't had that meeting with COVID. We're backed up a little bit. But, yeah, Sean is always working on some interesting ones. Uh, the one that comes to mind right now is his big data. They're they're able to, with technology, able to uh, pull data in from so many different growers and, and farmers. And that's some pretty neat stuff that he's coming up with. Um, uh, that comes to mind right off off the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, t- obviously, the one of the questions, Pat, that you probably run into from time to time, 
growers that are saying, hey, what am I really getting for my investment, my soy checkoff dollars, and then my investment in the association? Can you maybe help them walk through? There are some very defined lines and responsibilities that uh, the Wisconsin Soybean Board, the Wisconsin Soybean Association, the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board's respectful of. Can you maybe slowly walk us through that for the growers that might be a little confused? Yep, so um, the Wisconsin Marketing Board, we're in charge of the checkoff dollars, So, uh, and we cannot talk policy. Um, that would be the association side. So, again, the, the checkoff dollars are going for research um, and finding new uses, things like that, uh, promotion of, of soybeans, anything we can do there. Um, and then on the association side with Tony Mellenton and his group, they're, you know, talking to your legislators and out in D.C. and working on policy and and things uh, that would help out the soybean industry, I guess. You know, you've had uh, some time to not only digest what happens here in Wisconsin, Pat, but it has exposed you to what happens as far as soybean checkoff dollars on the national scene. For those growers that, again, are are somewhat limited as far as their exposure to how powerful checkoff dollars are and how much it's getting done for them, what have you been exposed to on the national scene that you also take great credit in for being a Wisconsin investment? Yeah, so that's a good point. So half of all the checkoff dollars that come into the state of Wisconsin, half of those dollars go out to the United Soybean Board, and they are invested in in new uses in foreign markets and biodiesel and um, some research, but I would say a lot there is is the the marketing and the promotion of soybeans that that you see on a national level. And again, through Sean Conley's program, a lot of those uh, funds come back to the state of Wisconsin because of his strong program. Can can you maybe just take a moment and blow our horn a little bit? I'm not sure that our Wisconsin soybean growers realize what an elite team of soybean researchers we've been able to keep in Wisconsin. Really, there are a lot of states that turn to our resources for questions and research, aren't they? Yeah, and and again, I, I can't stress it enough, but what Sean brings to the, just the state of Wisconsin, but the whole Midwest or United States as far as soybean research, um, it's uh, stable for us, and um, you can't say enough about what they do, um, and the folks under Sean and John Gaska and those guys, um, it's just a wonderful program and, and well thought upon throughout the Midwest. Absolutely agree. Pat Mullally along with us. He is the president of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Remember, that's just one of the flanges of the activities happening here in the state to continue to look for investments in research, education, and promotion that are going to be giving you a return on investment for your Wisconsin soybean dollars. And the message brought to you by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Remember, if you want to learn more about the process, better yet, if you'd like to be involved in board activities and uh, have your voice heard, as far as where these investments go, they welcome you. Uh, please make sure you're checking in at badgerbean.com for some of the latest developments when it comes to priority items for 2021.